everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, a Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is Season 4, Episode 1, None But the Lonely Heart. We've made it to Season 4, guys. This is going to be so much fun. Let's get into it. So Season 4, Episode 1, None But the Lonely Heart. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode was directed by Tom Hanks. You know Tom Hanks. Everybody knows Tom Hanks. He's a national treasure. <laughs> he also directed That Thing You Do. The screenplay for this episode was written by Donald Longtooth. I found it interesting because when I saw the name Donald Longtooth, it took me back to season three, episode seven of Tales from the Crypt, which is The Reluctant Vampire. And I don't know if anyone remembers, but it stuck out to me because that is the name of the vampire that Malcolm McDowell's plays is Donald Longtooth. So I'm not sure if it was some sort of tie-in with this guy or it just happened to fall like that or, you know, I'm not sure, but I just thought that was interesting. But this episode aired June 27th, 1992, and it stars Treat Williams from movies like The Phantom, Francis Sternhagen from movies like The Mist, Henry Gibson from movies like The Burbs, that was also with Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks is also in this. <laughs> he was in many movies, including Turner and Hooch, and this also has Sugar Ray Leonard in it from TV's LA Heat, and he's also a boxer. I'm going to go ahead here and read the information for the episode here for None But the Lonely Heart. They're wed, then dead. A young man kills the wealthy biddies he marries, but some vows must be kept. Ooh. This one's actually pretty fun. This one opens up with the Crypt Keeper, and I like it because he's, he's a waiter at like a, a, a fancy restaurant, I guess. I mean, it's in his crypt, so it's as fancy as you're going to get. But it's nice because there's a lot of cool effects with like dry ice. They have glasses of like champagne and it's bubbling over with the dry ice. And they have like some candles and breadsticks. And there's like a man and a woman who are skeletons. And there's also a skeleton in the playing a violin. Actually, it looks like the menu has a name. Wolfgang's Steakhouse, but S-T-A-K-E. Oh, get it? Steakhouse. Oh my gosh, that's so, so punny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> So he brings in the episode and it opens up and it's a real fancy dining set that's decorated with a bunch of flowers and you can tell it's it's a rich house. It's a, it's a wealthy person who lives there and there's an older lady who's at the end of the table at the head. First thing you hear that I didn't really like with this episode is a bunch of lipstick. She's putting on her lipstick but she's making a bunch of like lip smacky noises. So I'm going to add those in now. If you're weird about that, uh, maybe skip forward like 10 seconds because uh, I'm not sure if I was going to, but I don't know. It's pretty, I don't like it. So I'm going to share it with you guys. So here's the lip smacky sounds that she makes in the first thing that you hear in this episode. Is madam ready for dinner? So she puts on her lipstick and she's all dressed up and there's candle lit and she's in a wheelchair. And Treat Williams comes out and gives her their meal and his name is Howard. He's dressed fancy. He's got a bottle of wine. The kind of gross thing about it is her food is all pureed on the plate because she's like really old. She really don't look that old, but I guess, it's, I mean, maybe it's just easy for her to eat like that. And then he's got his food and he's, I mean, he's actually, from what it seems like, he's very sweet to her and she's very happy. But I mean, you know where this is going. He starts to kind of talk about business, like he's been running some things with her money, but he acts like he wants to get her opinion on all of it. And she's just like, I don't care. You know, I'm in love. I love you. I trust you. Whatever you want to do, don't worry about it. 
And he's like, okay, so he's been kind of fiddling with her funds. They're not just a couple, they're married. So, and he's probably a good 40 years younger than her, at least. Maybe it's supposed to be more. And so he's like sweet talking her and they're drinking the wine. And after she signs, like they bring up the the paperwork for whatever this business thing that he's wanting to do that she doesn't want to talk about. He's like, I know you don't want to, but you should sign this. And she's like, okay. So she signs the paperwork. And then she asks him if he'd do a favor for her. And he's like, what? And then she's like, oh no, I don't mean that. You know, like sex or whatever. She wants him to recite some poetry for her. And so he starts to do that. And she's immediately just like smitten. And she loves that he's doing this. And she downs down the rest of her wine. You know, she's drinking her wine. And all of a sudden she starts freaking out and like falls back and, and dies. So there's something in the wine, some sort of poison or something. And now she's dead. And so this part's kind of creepy because he immediately, he like waits for like a second. And then he's like, it's a damn shame to have wasted a great bottle of wine. And then he gets the phone and his 911 voice is pretty good. Like he's got it down pretty good. Yes, I need an ambulance right away. It's my wife. I think she's having a heart attack. And so then it cuts to her funeral. And there's only like four people here at this funeral, including the priest. For a wealthy lady, I don't think she really had a whole lot of family or friends, but she was also pretty old, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure. And the, the priest is giving his condolences to him, you know, because he's her husband. He'd been with her for a couple months, at least. And he's, he's doing a very good job of acting upset. And so there's a man waiting to the side there. His name is Morty. And Morty's kind of his business partner. And him and Morty have been doing this to rich elderly women for, for multiple times. So basically, he meets these older women who are rich and he convinces them to marry. And then after a few months, she has an accident. And so Morty's there to tell him that the IRS has been freezing up their funds and they've already put away like $5 million. Or some, some It's a large amount of money. And then even or Howard's like, we need to keep going. Two million won't set me up for life, which I guess they're going to split part of it. But I was like, two million won't set you up for life? Okay, like how extravagant are you living? Basically, Morty's like, I don't want to do this anymore. We got to get out of here. We should skip town or skip the country, you know, because it's the IRS is going to catch us and we're going to go down for this. But Howard doesn't want to. That was business, Morty. Now, I could have taken the money and run, left them all destitute. Now, that would have been cruel. I do these ladies a very big favor. Yeah, yeah. I make them feel loved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As your business partner, it's my unfortunate duty to give you some bad news. The IRS froze a million bucks of our assets this morning. God damn it! Hey, tip of the iceberg. Say goodbye to Howard and Morty, Inc. They also pushed up our day before the grand jury, so I called some of the airlines. No, we're not going anywhere. We are not ready, Morty. What not ready? We got five million bucks. More or less. I say we liquidate and get our assets to some place that's got good year-round weather and no extradition treaty. So the way that he meets these older women is video dating services. Uh, something that happened in the 90s. Uh, you make a video of yourself and people can like watch them and you go through a video dating service. It was probably going on before, maybe before the 90s. I don't know. I know it was around that time, but this is all a dating service for older women. So it's all women who are of a certain age. And he meets up with the guy who runs this, and that's Tom Hanks. He plays the guy who, who kind of sets up all the dating videos and everything like that. And so he's watching this these videos, and he's going through all these women, and he's kind of catching, like, different things that they say. Like, he's listening for, like, if they go on extravagant trips or... 
that he looks at their their jewelry that they wear maybe bad health but also like rich and things like that so he finds this woman named elfie gluckman played by francis sternhagen and so he picks her her name is elfie gluckman she has a butler named Stanhope, and that's played by Henry Gibson. And he's pretty much, the, the butler's just about her age, if not a little younger, like maybe 20 years, like 10 years younger, if that. And so Howard shows up and he meets, he goes to her house with like a rose and she is excited to meet him, but she had someone in mind who's older. Like, she's like, I'm not stupid. I know that you're like half my age. Why would you be interested in someone like me? So he already starts putting on the charm and he's like, I've always just preferred older women. He's like, this isn't about the money. And then he starts to explain that he's impotent. Basically what he's doing, I mean, he's not impotent, but what he's saying is he tells these older women he can't perform so that he never has to sleep with them. And a lot of these older women are find that endearing, I guess, that he just wants a partnership and that he, he likes poetry and things like that. And the whole time here, the butler, Stanhope, is just staring in there like, okay, right. And so she sends him away, the butler, and so what I like about this part is um, she thinks she can fix that. She's like, I really understand your problem. My ex or my, my, my husband, she's a widower. So her husband that, fo- uh, not a widower. She understands though because she's a widow and her deceased husband was apparently impotent too. And so she knows ways to work around that. And he's like, oh, okay. You know, he was trying to kind of get out of there. And she's like, no, why didn't will you stay for dinner? And and then she's just like, I could help you. And and she pretty much just seduces him. Like she comes over and she's, she just pushes him down on top of this. There's a table there where her husband used to do a jigsaw puzzle and it's still there. And apparently that's where he died. And I'm like, all right, that's nice to keep that out. And she's like, I hate puzzles. And he's like, yeah, me too. And then she just like pushes him down. Jigsaw puzzles were Theodore's passion. He spent six years on that one. In fact, he died right at that table. The puzzle is exactly as he left it. I've always found jigsaw puzzles to be an incredible waste of time. Me too, Howard. I've known men twice your age who didn't have half your worldliness. I can help you. Effie. I can remedy your condition. Really, we shouldn't. We have all the time in the world. Not when you're my age, you don't. Just relax, my darling. I'll be gentle. So they end up sleeping together. He was able to do, you know, everything he was supposed to do multiple times. And he's like, you know, I don't know if I could do that again. Can't believe that happened. That's never really happened. And so she's immediately smitten because she's like, yeah, yeah, I did it. He can, he can have sex. And so he gets this letter in that morning. She's like, here, this came for you. Which he's kind of like, well, how does anyone know I'm here? But okay. So he opens the letter. It's just a letter that says, another one stop before it's too late. So someone's on to him. Someone knows what he's been doing and they're starting to send him letters and he's starting to get kind of paranoid about that. So he thinks it's Morty, his business partner. He's like, why is this guy messing with me? And so he goes, he leaves Elfie's place and he goes and finds Morty at their at their office or whatever. And Morty's there shredding documents. Like he's ready to get out of here. And so Howard, again, feels like it's Morty's, it's Morty that's doing this and threatening him and maybe going to cheat him out of the, his half of the money. And so this part... This part's dumb. Morty's, like, he's a bigger guy and he's standing over the paper shredder. And it's just a normal, I mean, it's large, but it's not huge. It's not, like, industrial or anything. And he grabs his tie and he pulls it down into the paper shredder. And Morty's like, oh my gosh, what? And then it starts shredding the tie and it's bringing him down. And then 
as it's shredding the tie, it's getting closer and closer and it's choking Morty. And then Treat Williams' character, Howard, just leaves. I could see if the, t- if the tie maybe would choke him out, break his neck or something, but I don't think that this shredder has this power because later, like, they show it and then blood's starting to come through the shredder. Like, I guess it hit his face. There's no way he went through the shredder. I don't know what it's cutting. I don't know what he's bleeding about, but he's dead. Or at least they, they make you feel like, like, he hasn't quite died yet, but Tree Williams just walks out and is like, okay, bye. And you're like, okay, well, I guess, I guess Morty died. So then it cuts to some time later and he, Treat, or not Treat, <laughs> Howard is carrying Elfie over the threshold of her home because they just got married. And she really doesn't look in bad shape. I mean, she's, she's not in a wheelchair or anything. Like, I mean, she seems fairly spirited, especially, you know, what she did with the bedroom. I was like, okay, girl. And apparently it was a really quick marriage. Like, they just went to City Hall and got married. This woman's, like, really smitten. And the butler is extremely suspicious. And so, as he's sitting there waiting for her, I guess, I think she was going to go change or something. I don't know. The butler brings out another letter that's on a little stainless steel tray. And she's like, hey, or he's like, hey, this showed up for you. And so, he opens up the letter. And the letter says, another one, what you're doing to these women is criminal. And so, now he's really paranoid because he's like, I already killed Morty. Who else could be doing this? So he automatically thinks, well, maybe it's the dating service guy. Maybe it's Tom Hanks' character. He doesn't really know that he's messing with these older women, but he does know he has a type and, you know, maybe he's caught on and is trying to do something about it. And so as he shows up at the dating service and Tom Hanks is there looking all young and Tom Hanksy, and he's got these like darkened glasses on and he's trying to fix the TV. Something's going on with the VCR or something. And so Howard walks in and he's immediately like, you know, you take a lot of interest in your clients, right? And Tom Hanks is like, yeah. And he's like, you're trying to threaten me. And, and Tom Hanks is like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't, I don't know. And so then he kills Tom Hanks' character, which is like the best because, not that he kills him, but the, the way he kills him is so funny because he takes him and he grabs him by the shirt and he throws him back onto the couch that's in front of the TV. Again, picks him up off the couch and shoves him headfirst into the TV set. And he goes in pretty easily to this TV set. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like you would maybe just bounce off of it, but... And there's like sparks and everything. And like he just throws this guy into the TV set and it dies and it's sparking. And it was a pretty good one. It's kind of silly though. Because he's also like hanging out of the TV with his legs shaking and everything with all the sparks. What was it you said about older women? Well, I don't remember saying anything. You said they give a man something special. You said that, didn't you? Well, I could have, yes. Is that what you find criminal? Look, Mr. Prince. And so now that guy's dead too. Howard turns the TV off and I guess that makes it stop sparking. I don't know. I feel like you would have to maybe unplug it, but whatever. This Howard guy is leaving a trail of dead bodies. And then he calls his wife, his new wife, Effie, and is like, hey, I ran out. Sorry. I had to take care of some business, but tonight I want to I wanna give the butler the night off and we'll have a night together. And so he's, he's really wanting to move this along now. I think now that he's killed two people, he's afraid that they're going to catch on, the IRS, the police, someone, because he's leaving these bodies behind and he needs to get out of here. So he's cutting this short, which really, it's pretty short because I don't even think they've, they've been married like for six hours. Like it really hasn't been that long. I don't even know if it would be viable for him getting any of the money, but she's excited. Because he's going to make dinner for the both of them and they're going to have a nice bottle of wine. Similar to the other woman that he took out not too long ago. And so it cuts back to her house and he's pouring the wine. And then that's where Stan Hope, the butler, shows up. 
And he starts naming all these names that Howard used to, of the women that Howard used to be with. He knows exactly who he is. He knows he's the ex-husband of all these rich elderly women and he's onto him and he's like, basically, you need to leave now or else I'm going to turn you in because he really does care about the woman he works for. He doesn't want to see her get hurt. He doesn't want to see her die. The butler doesn't want to distress her anymore. So he basically calls Howard out and says that you should leave and never come back and he even pulls like a little gun out on him and you can tell he doesn't want to shoot him, but he's just like, you know, you need to get out of there. Howard's kind of acting like it's okay. Okay, yeah, you got me. This whole time, Elfie Gluckman is in the shower. Like, she's over there getting ready. She can't really hear anything. And so he's got the gun pointing to Howard. And Howard steps forward and kind of moves it all the way and grabs him and puts his hand around his throat. And he just puts one hand around his throat at first. Now Elfie's walking around and she doesn't even see it. And this part, that part was creepy because he's got Stan Hope on the couch and he's now got both hands around his neck. Effie walks by in the background, like, brushing her hair, like, mm-hmm, what? You know, and she just, like, walks by. And then he's got both hands around his neck, and then he just takes it and, like, snaps his neck right into the couch. And then just, I'm like, geez. So he snaps his neck right into the couch, and so Stan Hope's dead. So he, I guess, hid that body. And so now the two of them are hanging out in the bedroom, drinking wine. She's got all her jewels on and everything, and she's just super happy. And she says, though, she doesn't like red wine. And he's just like, in his head, you can tell he's like, ah, crap. But he basically talks her into it. And it's really, it's kind of silly because he's just like, oh, for me. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was difficult. I'll drink this wine that I hate. And so she drinks all the wine and she like, she pretty much downs it and makes a joke about him trying to get her drunk. And her death here is hilarious because she drinks the wine and then she does this shudder. She's like, oh, like, and she just like starts flipping out as it hits her system and she drops the glass convulsing and grabbing her throat and he's just standing there watching her she's got it in her head she knows what's up and so he goes now to call the police after she's dead and he kind of turns his back towards her and he's getting ready to call an ambulance and then you realize she's not completely dead yet so as he's on the phone with the police she comes up and grabs his face and starts like trying to choke him out and fight him and so he's still on the phone and he's just like fighting her. You think that they would hear that? Like, cause he's got her and she's like kind of choking and stuff. He's on the phone and he's like, she started to the stairs and then she tripped and fell. And then he goes over and like throws her down a flight of stairs. That does her in. And he's still acting scared the whole time. He's like, oh my gosh, you know, she fell as he like pushes her down the stairs. And I guess she breaks her neck cause there's like a bone crunch or whatever. That night he's in like in the dark and he's booking a flight to get out of there to some island called Escunchen that Morty had mentioned earlier that he's going to just disappear to. And so there's still another note on the door. And so now he's like, well, who could it be now? The butler just happened to know who he was. He wasn't leaving the letters. So he reads this now and this letter says that he needs to meet this person at the mausoleum. So back at the old graveyard where he was with the original woman who passed away in the beginning of the episode. And so now he's looking for whoever sent him this letter. And this light, he's standing there in the dark in the graveyard and this light shones on him. And you find out that the man who's been sending him these letters is the undertaker or the gravedigger at the graveyard. They don't really show him too much in the beginning. Like you see him around in the background, but he's, he doesn't really do a lot. So it's like the whole time this guy, the gravedigger guy, has been watching him. And this is played by Sugar Ray Leonard. And so he's talking to him and he's like, no, I just, I mean, I've seen you around here all the time with all the funerals. And he's basically, Sugar Ray's like, I, I can't tell you how all I am. All those ladies, so grateful for one last taste of life. What do you do to them? What do you say? I don't want them to get a hold of you. I want you to teach me. Them. Who's them? 
conspiracy? Don't you get it? They want you. They used me to bring you here. Christ, if you could just hear them begging me. What are you talking about? Shit, man, they're coming for you. Run! Run! And so basically what he's saying is all the dead women that Howard has been killing have been messing with Sugar Ray Leonard and getting him to bring Howard back to the graveyard so they can enact their revenge. So he's been being forced to do this and that they've been begging Sugar Ray Leonard to do this. And he's like, Howard's like, wait, what are you talking about? He's got to get rid of this guy too. So he takes a shovel and runs at Sugar Ray Leonard who backs up against one of the marble walls of one of the mausoleums. Which he could have probably moved, but he doesn't. He just stands there and screams. And I guess, they don't really show it, but he takes the shovel and I think he just slams it into his head or like his neck or, you know, and kills him. Decapitates him. So now that guy's dead too. He goes to put the body in the same casket that Effie is in. I'm not sure what's happening, actually, now that I think about it. Because if she died, I guess he wasn't going to even do a funeral. He was just going to take her money and leave. Because, I mean, it would have been too suspicious. So he was just going to bury her himself. I don't think she had a whole lot of family or friends either, which is kind of weird. I mean, I don't know. She seemed like a nice enough lady. But he was going to throw Sugar Ray's body in with her in the casket. And so he goes to open it to put his body in there and she's not in there. All of a sudden he hears, I'm over here, Howard. And you turn and her face is messed up. It's like all wet and like drippy, bloody. For her just dying, it's pretty bad. Like they, they had some good makeup jobs. So then she's there and she's she says she's so glad that he came. And then all these other women are showing up to take revenge on him for what he did. And so they all come over. Yeah, then there's one that's in like a wedding dress, Claire. She's pretty messed up looking. She's got worms coming out of her mouth and her eyeball falls out. Yeah, it's all some pretty good, some pretty good makeup stuff. And so they kill him. The interesting thing about this episode is everybody dies. There's not one person that I can think of, I think, that lives. Uh, I mean, the priest. But other than that, you know, like... Every single other person is murdered by Howard and then Howard dies. So, I mean, there's a lot of deaths in this one. So, yes, that's the end of the episode. Howard gets what's coming to him. All the women enact their revenge from the grave with the help of Sugar Ray Leonard's character. It cuts to the Crypt Keeper. He's pouring a glass of wine for the woman at the table here at the restaurant. He's just, like, throwing out those puns and having a good time. <laughs> Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... Damn you, Marcel! I told you they wanted violence, not violins. Good help is so hard to fiend, isn't it, kiddies? Good help is so hard to fiend, guys. Fiend. So that's the end of the episode. That's season four, episode one, None But the Lonely Heart. There uh, is one little piece of trivia here from IMDb. In None But the Lonely Heart, the Crypt Keeper says, I love a ghoul who gives you head and lets you keep it. The same line is said by Lilith in Bordello of Blood after she rips a man's head off. Bordello of Blood is one of the movies in the Tales from the Crypt, Ouvra, or whatever, that I'll get to later on. But yeah, so that's like a little piece of trivia there. The next episode is season four, episode two, This'll Kill Ya. Thank you for downloading this episode and for supporting the Good Evening Kitties podcast. If you'd like to leave a, a review, you can do so on iTunes or on Facebook. I have a Facebook group for the Good Evening Kitties podcast. There's also a Twitter you can follow. The Twitter handle is at Gek Podcast. That's at G-E-K Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a good one. I just had quite a scare. I 
actually thought my heart was beating. 